Hi, welcome to the Heart of the Matter with Kelly Hart. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't yet, please like, click, and subscribe and share our podcast. We're so excited today because we've got a really special person joining us. It's one of my good friends, Miss Madison Cook. Thank you for joining us today, Madison. Yes, well, thank you for having me today. I'm super excited to be here. Well, we're super excited to have you. Well, Madison, we're really happy to have you. Madison comes today. She is getting ready to be one of the newest licensed clinical mental health clinicians and associate and one of my favorites, a play therapist in the state of North Carolina. So Madison, tell us a little bit about you and uh, what brought you into the field and what led you to want to be a play therapist in particular? Yeah, so as Kelly mentioned, um, current student right now here in North Carolina. Uh, what really led me to this field is, you know, my own struggles with mental health. So going way back as a teenager, I, as many teenagers that we see, um, had my own struggles with anxiety and bouts of depression. And, you know, as a teenager, you don't want to admit that you need help. There's a bunch of stigma, which I think is getting better. But yeah, I didn't like that I was different than my peers. I didn't want to go to therapy. So it was kind of a fight with my parents. <laughs> so as it is with many kids, you know. Mm-hmm. But... Once I was there and I found a good fit with a therapist, it was, I I know it's very cliche to say, but it was kind of life-changing to have someone to talk to as a teenager that was outside of family. Um, So that's what kind of started it, you know, having my own experience in therapy and seeing my own problems kind of getting worked through. So. You know, I was in high school and I was interested in the brain, how it worked. I was in a high school that offered psychology, a psychology course. So I had taken that as well. And I was like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. I don't know what I want to do in college. So maybe this is what I'll lean into. So undergrad, that's kind of what I focused on. Got my undergrad degree in psychology. And that's what kind of led me into my first real world job being a RBT therapist um doing ABA therapy and love doing that working with children and then i found you know i want to work with more children i want to expand a little bit so doing some research and talking to friends of mine who had gone into the counseling field i found that you know, I loved helping people. I wanted to expand working with children and with adults and teenagers, um, like the people who had helped me. And that's really how I got into the field of mental health, just wanting to give back to the people that had helped me at such a young age. And that's kind of how I got here. Ooh, awesome. So, um, I know because, you know, I love play therapy. It's one of the things that I adore and um, one of my many things. But 
So I know a little bit about it, but for the folks out there that are the lay person or even other Mm -hmm. clinicians who don't quite understand what it takes to be a play therapist, can you give the audience that's listening or watching some information or background information about what it takes to be a play therapist specifically? Yeah. So for me, I also had no idea what it was until I got to graduate school. (laughs) And then you're like, oh my gosh, there's a whole nother thing. Yeah. And I think I was lucky enough where my uh, university actually offered the graduate certificate for it. So I knew that I loved working with kids and I knew that it had to do with kids. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll take like a course or two just for an elective and found that it was something I really enjoyed. So that's, that's kind of my start into it. but. Um, so that's how I, that's how I know how to do it. So I took the graduate certificate for it. Some universities offer it. I know there's like continuing education for it, but that's how I got into it. Um, so for me, my path is taking or taking the graduate certificate and then doing some post-graduation supervision for it to get to the fully registered play therapist title. Awesome. That's amazing. So uh, for our audience, and they'll, when they listen to this, it will have already happened. But what happens on Friday, Madison? Yeah, so Friday is my graduation ceremony. Yeah, we're so excited. Yes. <laughs> very exciting. Yeah, we're very proud of you. We're very proud of you. Yes, I'm super excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And you've just passed your board. Right. So back in my day, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, (laughs) you had to take the board after you graduated. Now you get to take it before you graduate. So that's awesome. So um, tell the audience a little bit about like the process, because we we actually talked a little bit about it last night. So a lot of folks um, don't realize like everything that you have to do. Right. Maybe you could talk a little bit now about next steps for you now that you've, gosh, like now you've finished your graduate program and you've taken your board and you're getting ready to graduate. What are some of the next steps for you? Yeah, so right now I'm in the process of, you know, going through the North Carolina licensing application, Mm -hmm. which is quite long. So, you know, it's a a bunch of like getting some paperwork together and a lot of information from my university. And so it's a bunch of steps of getting everything verified and getting all the coursework or like the course information together, verifying what courses I took, verifying all my fieldwork experience, verifying my exam scores. Um getting all of the professional references together and this, there's more you know forgetting yeah, something recommendation right yes okay. so getting so, all of that together supervisors and now you have to get a supervisor from the state to verify mm-hmm. another three thousand hours right Oh, yes. So you're like, oh, yes, Kelly, thank you for reminding me of that. Mm-hmm. So it's just beginning. Right. 
I know. I've already got my list started of things I need to do. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, as we were talking about on the phone last night, you know, then you also have to like register with CAQH, which is like our database for getting credentialed with a lot of the insurance companies. You have to register for an NPI number, which is our universal number that you're assigned for life it's like a social security number almost you know so they don't tell you about this in school yes they don't that they don't that's why you better pick somebody that loves you children (laughs) or you're not gonna survive (laughs) you have to figure it out on your own (laughs) yeah yeah so it's just an evolving ball of cluster but yeah yeah So, yeah, it's amazing because the interviews I've done so far have been with folks that have like, you know, they've been doing it a while. So they're not at this fresh part that they they don't remember quite that, you know. Yeah, so it's kind of new. So when we were talking about it, I'm like, oh, we're going to bring this up so so folks can hear about it and either remember it or if they're on the outside, they can hear about it and they can go, what the heck? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I'm thankful because definitely have you guiding me through it, and I have some friends who have also either been through it, and they're still new in the field, like a year or two into it, and um, have some friends who are going through it at the same time as me, so we're all trying to figure it out at the same time. So I'm definitely not alone in the process. Yeah, it's a nice thing to have community around you to help you out. Oh, for sure. For sure. And remember what I say, trust nobody and keep copies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either write everything down or print everything. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Start making your book, your binders, you know. Right. Keep the book. <laughs> I mean, you're young. You could put it on a computer, but I can never find any of those files. Binder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had enough. I have more questions for you, Madison, because everybody out there is gonna want to know. They're gonna want to know. But what are some of the biggest challenges you've had going through this process? Do you think personally? Goodness, I'm definitely gonna come from the student standpoint on this. Yeah. So I think the biggest challenges, and I've hear, heard this from my classmates as well, is just trying to find the balance between. Being a student, being an intern, and just being, you know, like a a family member, being a friend, being, you know, whatever the title is, it's it's hard, especially when you're in kind of like the field work or like internship part of the program. It's been, it's, I say, probably the hardest part, which, you know, it's, it's rewarding. We love what we do. But finding the balance between, you know, being available, getting your hours, getting um, all that you need for your coursework, while also, you know, finding time for yourself, finding time to spend with your family, or even a lot of people still have to have a second job. It's been very difficult, you know, to find that identity and like still stay true to yourself and take care of yourself. So. That's been such a big challenge and, you know, dealing with the burnout because, you know, we're taught as counselors, you know, to not burn ourselves out, to take care of ourselves, to take time off. 
But as a student, you know, you can't really do that. You have to kind of keep going. So we're taught, you know, do self-care. Don't let yourself burn out. But we also have to keep going. We're not allowed to just miss assignments or to not get hours for internship. So you're kind of stuck in this gray area of like not knowing what to do, of, you know, wanting to take care of yourself, wanting to take time off, but then you kind of get stressed out with, you know, getting behind in hours or missing assignments and stuff. So I would say that's the tough, the toughest part of the program is trying to keep up with everything. Yeah, it's a lot. It is. Which again, like you said, having that community has been super helpful of knowing that you're not alone in it and other people are feeling that way. So, yeah, so definitely we have these um, like internship classes where we can kind of do our case consultation and um, talk about what we've been going through. Those have been very therapeutic for us because we can just kind of release everything that's been going on. Yeah. So we all just kind of go like, you know, I'm stressed, I'm burnt out, and everyone just goes, you know what? Me too. And just knowing that you're not alone, it feels good. That's good. I'm glad you guys have that. Um, So I want to ask, you know, I think every, I would say kind of generation of therapists Mm -hmm. that I see kind of coming up they they have their own unique set of challenges based on mm-hmm. what they have in front of them. What do you think yours will be? Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this has been said before. I think it goes with the burnout again. But, you know, we go into this field wanting to help people. And I don't think we're always taught the boundaries of that. Mm -hmm. Because at least in, which don't get me wrong, I love my program. I think my program was great. But, you know, we don't go into this because we don't want to help people. We do want to help people. And sometimes we overextend ourselves because of that. And I don't think new graduates and even as interns, we always have the best boundaries with it and knowing when to kind of let ourselves end and our clients begin. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of a big struggle that I've seen with myself and even my classmates, you know, is just knowing when to not put in more effort than our clients are willing to put in. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a, a struggle we all have, mm-hmm. you know, and learning how to manage that flow right. is difficult sometimes. You want to hit that off, but then, or them. No. Sometimes I catch myself, like, in the middle of session, I'm like, I'm trying to get you to this point. I'm trying to get you to understand. I'm like, wait a second. 
like, I feel myself putting a little bit more energy into this. And it's like, I, I love you. I care about you. But I can't allow myself to put more into this than you're willing to. Hmm. Yeah. So, that's what and I see. I think you and I were there like a couple weeks ago with the young man. Like, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello. There's uh-huh. a reciprocal thing going on here. Let's have some questions back and forth. Right. <laughs> That's how conversation works. And if you don't want I to do that, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Right. I'm probably teaching you bad habits, Madison. No, I just think that it leads to us not burning ourselves out again. Well, I think so. I mean, and I think if we don't start having those types of conversations, mm-hmm. then we do get burnt out. Right. And like I said, it's not really taught in school. I want to ask you, and I ask everybody who comes, what's your definition of mental wellness? Because, you know... Mm-hmm. I love that the medical profession, like the medical side of the house, has this great model. You know, they have mm-hmm. numbers for everything. Like, know your numbers. Like, blood pressure, 60 over 120. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. And, like, blood sugar, you know what it is, cholesterol. But they don't really do a good job of knowing what mentally well looks like. We can tell you what mental illness looks like. Mm-hmm. These are the symptoms of depression. These are the symptoms of anxiety. You know, I hope I've done a really good job of teaching you what DMDD looks like and RAD and mm-hmm. BPD and, and all those kinds of things. But we don't really say, oh, this looks like resiliency. This is mental wellness. So. That's really what my hope is, that we develop something that goes, this is mental wellness. This is what being mentally and spiritually well looks Mm -hmm. like. What do you think? What's your idea? No, I think I probably stole this from you. I feel like I've heard this from you at some point, but I do. Sure. (laughs) I know. You've told me all these things and they just stuck in my head. Um, but I do view this like mental wellness from the mind, body, spirit aspect. So I do think they have to work together in this kind of like dance of coming together in harmony to really formulate this wellness kind of model. So looking at the mind, body, and spirit, and I think it can look different from everybody. Of course, people are diverse. You know, they don't have this like textbook cookie cutter aspect to being human. But like mental wellness and resiliency, I think it really is just, you know, when stress, when issues arise, being able to bounce back from that, not letting these issues really define them or bring them down or, you know, let them stick to them. And using the mind, body, and spirit to bounce back from it so whether that's you know coping skills that they've learned or prayer 
or using community resources, whatever that may be that really resonates with the client. Whatever, you know, they choose. And again, humans are diverse. They're going to choose many different things. But, you know, just the ability to, to bounce back, not letting those things bring them down is a, what I think, you know, resiliency is in overall mental wellness. Okay. So what are some of the ones that work best for you? What do you think? For me, I enjoy reading. So reading is a big one for me. Um, and I like social connection, being able to connect with family and friends. So if it's been a long day, you know, I won't go immediately into like notes, progress notes or doing homework or something. I'll go right out of my office and talk to a friend or family. I like to connect to people. Um, and then at night, reading a book. I like to be with myself for a little bit, you know, do a little bit of meditation, being able to socially connect and then connect with myself in ways that make me feel grounded. So that's what I kind of do for myself. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Neat. All right. People are picking up some good little nuggets if they're listening. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. So I want to ask you, because I think this is really important because you've mentioned something really good that if, you know, if we can bounce back from our failures, mm-hmm. then we're okay. Have there any, have there been in your life any like big failures or losses that you've overcame and you've been like, Hey, I did it. I'm I, like, this was mm-hmm. something bad, but I, I push through it and you're like, this is good. You know, I feel like there's been many times throughout like my last job is in RBT working with children, even now throughout my internship experience, you know, I've made many mistakes <laughs> or times where I'm like, man, I wish I would have caught that or I wish I would have said something differently, done something differently. Like, Kelly, why do you catch these things and I don't? I'm old. (laughs) That's the only reason. And you've not made very many mistakes. That's a lie. So. Yeah, but it's like. And I've talked to you about this before. I do get hard on myself about those things like wishing I either know more or that I didn't make the mistake or things like that. And it's followed me from my last job to like this internship stuff. Um, but I think, you know, those mistakes and not knowing at the time those mistakes has made me learn more because after each mistake, I've researched, I've watched videos, I've read articles, you know, even you have sent me stuff on the topic so that I could learn more and I read, read or watch every single one of them so that I can learn more. So I feel like every mistake has made me grow so much more. If I haven't had made that mistake, I don't think I would know the things that I know now. So I am thankful, you know, 
for all of those mistakes and failures and wishing I had known more at the time because now I do know more. And I continue to know more because of making those small mistakes. And you tell me all the time, like, Madison, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Like, we're human. I make them every day. Please don't list mine. (laughs) We'll be (laughs) up here all day long. So, yeah, I guess I'm just thankful for, like, the the humanness of us all, of making the mistakes and being able to learn and grow from them. Because I I think it's that truth that in that mistake is where the growth happens. Mm -hmm. For sure. how How we can connect. Yeah. Right. And I think if we can handle each other with gentleness during that moment, it's really mm-hmm. when goodness can happen between people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I could be vulnerable and accept the correction mm-hmm. from the person, right? Then that's when true intimacy really begins. And I think right. that's the nice part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I like that. I think that's a really kind of sweet part of it all. Mm hmm. Um, I did want to ask, um, do you feel like there's anything, and I always ask everyone that you have learned in our time together that you would want to share with folks? Anything special? Like you're like, this is like your five minutes of fame, girl. Like you're like, here's my nugget of stuff. Um, I think continuing on with the mistakes and I'm going to speak to any like new students in a program or people currently in their internship phase or even like new graduates. Like it's hard and you're going to make mistakes. Like I am there. I have been there, but I just think the whole thing, the mistakes, the experience is so worth it. And this is the time to make mistakes and to make as many mistakes as you can, not on purpose, but like to make them now, because there are so many people that want to support you either at your university, at your site, even your classmates, your community, like there are people that want you to thrive. So I'm through this experience, that's what I've wanted to do, make the most out of this experience and to gain as much knowledge that I can while I'm here you know, with you because there's so much to learn and I'm continuing to learn. And what I found out is that I don't know anything and I'm okay with that because there's so much to know in this field like so many theories and so many techniques and we're always going to be learning. And I think that's the cool thing about this field is that there's always so much to either do like our continuing education on or to research or to learn with the client about what they bring in. So it's kind of, for me, like, nice to know that I don't always have to be the expert, that I don't have to know everything at all times. 
that I can kind of just be there with the client in the relationship and to just be there with them and we can have a conversation and we can learn together and grow together and I think that's what's comforting about this field is just knowing that there's always room to grow and learn yeah I think you're absolutely right mm -hmm. and we can't know it all yeah we, we can't know it all and it's nice to just know that sometimes you're just there to be in relationship with folks right mm -hmm. I like that well I really appreciate that you entrusted me to spend time with me and hang out with my crazy self and <laughs> and deal with the vast swing of my beautiful uh, folks that spend time with me on a weekly basis they are delightful oh they are they are and i treasure them with every part of who i am and um i appreciate that you had the same heart and i could see that from the moment i met you and it's just been awesome to see that just grow with you and you know it's really has been and i'm so so proud of you i just can't even like my baby all my kids i get the same way but yeah well you have definitely made this experience worthwhile and i have loved every second of it and you already know that i'm not going far that you can't get rid of me you're <laughs> not i'm a girl so we wish you well. Uh, we know you're going to come back on season two. Like this is a teaser. But Madison does this great course on boundaries, guys. Oh, it's good, y'all. It's good. She wrecked my world with it. Anyway, so we're, we look forward to that. We wish her well. We're, and we'll get some updates on graduation. So that's very exciting, yeah. too. Yeah. So remember, wherever you are in the world, when you tune in to Heart of the Matter, you're home. So thanks for being with us again. Please like, subscribe, and share our video. Thank you for being with us today, Madison. Well, thank you, you for having me. Okay. So thanks, everybody. We enjoy you guys. Love ya. Here we go.